Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Tonight I'm going to really just extend upon uh, greater things and head into our theme, but um, I've called tonight, But Who Are You? But Who Are You? And uh, I find this statement in the Bible, if you want to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 19, verse 11 to 15, and uh, this statement is found in this story. And this story is about some young guys, seven of them, seven sons of a chief priest going out and actually seeing what Paul and what Jesus have done. And they've heard what Paul's done. They've seen what Jesus has done. They've heard about the miracles. The Apostle Paul, when he prays for people, they're healed. When he prays over handkerchiefs, he sends them back home and they're healed. He prays over aprons and he sends them and they're healed. And there's some amazing miracles that take place. And so these sons of a chief priest decide, you know what, we're going to step out and do this. So we're going to go itinerant and we're going to step out and give this a go. And so these guys here, they, they come across this place. And if we pick it up in verse 13, and then some of the itinerant Jewish exodus took it upon themselves to call on the name of Jesus over those who had evil spirits, <laughs> saying, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And the evil spirits answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man with whom the evil spirits was leapt on them, empowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. I love the Bible, how descriptive it is. The evil spirit leapt on them and they ran out of the house naked and wounded. I, I don't know, but when was the last time you ran out of a house for praying for someone? Naked and wounded. When was the last time you walked down the streets of Scarborough or the peninsula and saw someone running right down naked and wounded? But as, as we start to read this context, we, we start to have a look in this scripture is that the Apostle Paul was a man who people admired, who people thought, you know what, he's a man of God, he has authority and he has power. If you read through the scriptures, you'll find that Paul, you know, invested into the lives of others. He was an encourager, he was a mentor. You know, he saw the potential in people. He brought the best out of them. He, he was a, a modeled uh, what he preached. And he did not ask others to do what he wasn't willing to do himself. This is the Paul that they were admiring. You know, God did powerful things through him, things quite out of the ordinary, and people marveled. They marveled. Do you realize that Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote 13 books of the New Testament? The Apostle Paul is said to have started between 14 and 20 churches in his lifetime. You know, but, but really, this apostle, the apostle Paul, was actually one of the ones who started a Jesus movement. 
You know, we, we have Paul here. He's praying for people in the name of Jesus, and they're being healed. In the name of Jesus. Friend, today, when was the last time you prayed for someone in the name of Jesus? I love it when people walk into this place, and in a time of worship, they receive their healing. In a time of worship, when they lift up their hands in surrender, when someone's not even praying on them, they find healing, they find restoration. I love those moments, those stories that you hear of where people are praying for those and then all of a sudden these people are healed. I remember a story when Layla was a young one. Probably wasn't allowed to use her name, but she was a young one. And she was in kindergarten and this time this kindergarten teacher had a sore back. And we didn't know anything about it at this time. And as she was a young one, she had faith and she believed and she, you know, grown up under the seats of the church. But in this time, one day, this teacher couldn't get off the ground. It was like, just stuck. It just sore. And so Layla grabbed all the other ones around and laid hands on her and prayed. A few days later, after the incident, the moment of faith, Carolina was talking to this teacher. And the teacher says, well, yeah, listen, a few days ago, your daughter prayed and, and got all the kids around and told her the story. And she goes, from that day on, I've been totally healed of this problem that I've had for so long. Total healing. Like, friend, God can use you. We just have to have the faith in God. We have to know Jesus himself. Here are these guys. They are there. The issue is they heard of Jesus. They heard of Paul, but they didn't know Jesus. The apostle Paul would pray for handkerchiefs. And, and who knows, this generation today, we don't use handkerchiefs. We use tissues or we use our sleeves. It's just a common thing. But I do know this generation uses aprons. Hey, Maya, I stole this apron today off our little friend, Smitty. Imagine coming home tonight and we pray and we anoint this and you taking an apron home to someone. What would happen if you walked into your house right now and you've got a sick member in your house? You've got someone that needs prayer, that needs a miracle in their house, and, and you walk in with an apron and say, here, have an apron. Have you thought about it? These things took place, these miracles, and we read of these accounts in the Bible. Friend, today, these accounts happen today. As a Christian, I believe we are called to live extraordinary lives. The Apostle Paul lived an extraordinary life. You know what? He was not weird, he was not spooky, he was not abnormal. He was naturally spiritual and spiritually natural. That's what we're called to be. Friend, today we actually have to live in this world. We actually have to be a part of this world. We can't be so spiritually up there that we're no naturally good. We have to have a balance. We have to be able to walk between and see miracles take place in our natural life. You know, we need to understand that we are living in the world, but we're not of the world. We still have to function 
in the natural. We need, still need to work. We still need to rest. We, we need to play. Paul had all of this. You know, out of the ordinary things going on, he still had to eat. He still had to work. You know, if you read through, you find that Paul, when he needed money for his ministry, he actually went and worked as a tent maker. Friend, today, if you're thinking of just preaching, that is great, but you still have to work. Even the greatest in the Bible still had to work. Still have to work. You know, Jesus. You look at the life of Jesus himself. Jesus, up until his ministry, he was part of the family business. He still worked a natural job. Imagine getting a table from Jesus. Priceless. It would have been perfected. Like, honestly, perfect in every way. Jesus, he's still like going to parties. You read through the Bible. He's at weddings. He's at parties. He's everywhere. He's still living a normal life, but having a spiritual impact. Friend, today, you're called to live in this world, but you're called to bring a spiritual impact. We are called to bring a spiritual impact. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? So tonight, I want to ask this question. Who are you? Who are you? It's not about hmm, what you know. It's about whom you know. It's about who you know. Tonight, who do you know? Jesus we know. Paul we know. Friend, when it comes to the things of God, secondhand revelation will never sustain you. It will never sustain you. Someone else's manner, a podcast, a Sunday sermon, a life group study, they're, they're all good. They're all essential to our growth. But you need to know the source. You need to have a revelation of God yourself. You need to be able to read the word of God and let it speak to you. Let his spirit speak to you. Friend, tonight, do you know who he is? Do you know? And knowing the source of God only comes through revelation. Knowing him only comes through revelation. Matthew 16, 13 to 19. I love the story of Peter. And Jesus is in the region of Caesarea in Philippi. And he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I am? The son of man I am. Who do men say that I am? And so they said to him, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Friend, don't quote me. Don't quote the person next to you. Who do you say that he is? What revelation do you have? Can you honestly declare who he is to you? You know, all of a sudden, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Friend, today, is that your revelation? Is that your revelation? Jesus answered him and said, Blessed are you, are Simon, 
for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you bound or you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. In other words, what he's saying is, you know what, this revelation of knowing who I am, you're not smart enough to know that. Friend, we're not smart enough to know who God is. He reveals himself to us. Jesus is saying right here, hey, Peter, you know what? You're not smart enough. You read through the Bible. Peter says some stupid things. He cuts ears off. He's got a temper. He does everything. Like, honestly, even Jesus himself says, hey, to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Like, my mum never, ever called me Satan. But all of a sudden, the Son of God is telling Peter, hey, get behind me, Satan. You know, or, you know, if someone said that to you, would you go back and say hi to them? But he says this, and then all of a sudden, he's like, you know what? Hey, listen, upon this rock. Friend, today, that rock, it's the revelation of who Christ is. Friend, if you want to build a strong foundation in your life, it's upon the rock. It's upon the rock. It's upon the word of God. It's upon the rema. It's upon the revelation of who God is. It's upon him speaking to you. Upon this rock. Upon this rock. There has to come a time where we search out our own revelation. Friend, we believe in this, self-feeding Christians. It's time the world had self-feeding Christians. That in times of chaos, in times of turmoil, that there would be Christians that could stand and know what they believe. Stand upon their principles. Stand upon the word of God. Instead of having to call the pastor, do we believe this? Honestly. When I was in youth ministry, I remember a day I was in one of the schools and I I got a phone call just as I was heading into a school. It was from a mother. Uh, I just want to ask just something. I've I've got a question. Okay, yeah. Well, I just want to, I'm just not, you know how the times have changed? And I just want to know what you thought or whether it was acceptable, whether my daughter could, just go and stay at her boyfriend's house for the night and just I just want to know if it was biblically okay I'm I'm just like what doors are you opening for your daughter what permission are you giving her right now She's just like, I was just wondering because churches are starting to believe different things and we're just wondering, is it okay if she just, would this, you you know? It's like, what would happen if she had a firm biblical foundation? Is it, no, I'm going to keep my young ones because I'm growing them to be adults that will serve God, that will be adults that will have a solid foundation. 
that as they grow up, they'll have a foundation in God. They'll have a foundation of purity. They'll have this foundation. They won't have to step through the things of hurt, disappointment, regret, rejection. Friend, we need to know what the Word says and who we are. We need to have a revelation. So in times of turmoil, in times of COVID, we know how to sustain ourselves without community. But then knowing that community is the thing that we have and what sets us apart. Friend, today, do you know the things of God? Watchman Nee says this, searching with intellect never delivers men. Revelation in the spirit alone gives true knowledge of God. True knowledge of God. We are, hmm, we see these young ones. They went in with secondhand revelation to cast out demons. And they came running out naked and wounded. By the Jesus hmm, who Paul speaks. Many men or many people seek the hand of God. Few seek the face of God. Chasing the miracles and not the source. Friend, don't chase the miracles. Chase the source. The source will sustain you and the miracles will follow. The revelation that God would come, it didn't quite work out for them. With true revelation comes authority, transformation, and comes enlightenment. You want to be known in heaven and on earth? Then know the source. Then know the source. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Get a revelation. Know who he is. The second thing that I find is that your reputation besieges you. That your reputation will besiege you. You know, if you take care, if, if, if I take care of my character, my reputation will take care of me. D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody. If I take care of my character, my reputation will take care of me. You know, reputation, we all have one. It's like a shadow that follows us around. We all have one, whether good or bad. You know, it, it follows us. It, it moves with us. Friend, what's your reputation? What do people say about you when you're not there? When you leave a room? When you walk into a room? I, I remember coming here a number of years ago, about six to seven years ago, and I, I remember... The greatest miracle that ever happened in this place when we first got here is that they changed from Aldi bean to actually Nally bean in the coffee. Like, honestly, it was one step up from Nescaf. Maybe it wasn't. But anyway, I was like, you've got this beautiful machine and what are you doing to the people? But I remember that moment that we changed and everyone cheered. Yay! It was exciting times. And I remember, you know, I going down to have a Nelly's coffee and you go down there, you walk in and I'm talking to the person and I start up conversation and I mention, hey, yeah, I'm from City Point. And then all of a sudden they say, oh, you're Pastor Sam. I'm like, someone's talking about me. You know, in those conversations, it's quite awkward. What is my reputation? Is it good or bad? Did I do something? Did something happen? You know, those moments, those times where, you know, you come home or you meet one of, you know, your kid's friends or you meet someone and they go, hey, we saw you at the shops. And you're trying to remember, what was I doing at the shops? Was I picking my nose? What was I doing? What was I looking at? 
your reputation. But they've got those moments. You know, many people hear about you before they meet you. Why do you think wherever Jesus went, there was an expectation? There was an expectation wherever Jesus went. You know, there was an expectancy to be fed spiritually. There was an expectancy for him to open his mouth and people to receive a ream of word from the word of God. There, there was an expectancy for miracles to take place. There was an expectancy for, for people to be set free, for people to be healed. There was a reputation that went before him. The apostle Paul had the same expectation wherever he went. Wherever he went. People had heard of the miracles. They heard the parables. Now they wanted to hear, see, and experience it for themselves. Reputation. Your reputation precedes you. Friend, what is that reputation? What is that reputation that precedes you? What do people think, talk, say about you when you're not even there? What is that reputation? Matthew 7, 16 to 22. It says, you will be known or you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit, you will know them. You will know them. God wants to destroy every work of our flesh, but he never desires to destroy our personality. Friend, let me tell you this. Is that when you come in and you get saved and you encounter Jesus Christ, friend, he made you the way that you are, he designed you, he fashioned you, he molded you. And this is what I hate. Some people, they, they think that if they receive Jesus or they come into a relationship with Jesus, they're supposed to lose their personality. Friend, God gave you your personality. Friend, if you came in and you've lost your personality during your Christianity, get it back. Get it back, please, for all of us. God gave you a sense of humor, use it. Use it. Because God says, hey, listen, come as you are, but, but I love you enough not to leave you the way that you are. I, I designed you the way and I've given you the gifts, the ability, your personality. Now, now come and, and use those gifts, those things that I've given you and go. Friend, today, Go. Good fruit is visible and evidence of Jesus' life flowing through us. It's evidence of Jesus' life flowing through us. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. When people look at you, do they see the character of Christ? Do they see Galatians 5? Do they see those things in Galatians 5, those clues to fruit? Love, joy, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is the fruit of the Spirit, of a Spirit-filled Christian. 
self-control. A Christ-controlled person. Because it's the character of Christ himself. It's the character of Christ himself. John 15 verse 8. It says, by this my Father is glorified. He is glorified that you will bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciples. You'll bear much fruit. We're called to bear fruit when we get a revelation and our reputation precedes us. People will know you by your fruit. People will know you by those that you hang out with, those you associate with. People will know you by the words that you speak, by the actions that you go, that outwork your life. Your reputation precedes you. And I, I believe this, as a church, we are called to bring glory to God and actually just point people to Jesus. Just point people to Jesus. It's not my job to introduce people just to church. That's not my job. My job and your job is to actually introduce people to Jesus. That's our job as Christians. And then as we introduce them to Jesus, they come into the body of Christ. They come into community. They become part of the church, the body, and then they move. They produce fruit. The church is a gathering of believers. Hmm. A gathering of believers glorifying Him in one accord. Friend, today that's our job. I pray that you have a reputation of honoring God and bringing the hope of humanity to this community, to our world, to our region to our families, to our schools, to our universities, to our streets. That we will unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. That's our mandate. Friend, tonight, I asked the question at the start, who are you? Who are you? Could you honestly say that you are a follower of Christ? A follower of Christ that believes, that has a revelation for yourself, a relationship for yourself, that you would stand on your own two feet and glorify God. Not negating life groups, not negating community but having a foundation that you'd stand upon the rock and that others would come to know Christ through you. Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.